0: You are now entering the MXU podcast, no credentials required. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to episode 107 of the MXU podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom, and I'm here as always with my partner in crime, Lee Fields. How you doing, buddy? Bro, so stoked for this episode. (laughs) Yeah, so this episode, you'll know by the title, is all about our process of working to upgrade Lee's truck PA. And yeah. so our guest, our guest today, is going to blow your minds with knowledge bombs and plans. And I mean, I had no idea how deep this was. Like, I I knew you could get in, you know, and go down rabbit holes, but just the scale of everything, it's like I, I'm I'm kind of amazed.
1: Yeah, I know, and I feel so lucky that we have Nick on the podcast today because. Yeah. You know, we don't know this world, but Nick is one of the top guys on the planet in sound yeah. quality for uh for cars. So,
0: this is awesome. World champion of yeah, <laughs> car audio competitions all over the place. And he's he's a, he's a current judge in other competitions. Yeah. So, yeah. it doesn't get better. No. Why don't we just get right to
1: it? Okay, let's go all right well i am especially excited for today's guest um welcome to the mxu podcast mr nick wingate all the way from houston texas howdy how are you how are you sir
2: very good thank you gentlemen for having me i appreciate it
1: i would just like to apologize ahead of time for jeff and I's what we're about to do is stumble through talking about something that we get paid money to do. And it's going to, it's going to seem like that we're a bunch of buffoons talking about car audio maybe, but Mm -hmm. this is going to be a lot of fun. So, so Nick, when we started poking around this whole car audio world, your name keeps popping up online and uh, right after your name is usually something like the king of audio quality Mm -hmm. and car audio. And you've been doing this since the early 80s. I've watched some videos of you talking to some, you know, install companies and at different trade shows and things. And, you know, usually when someone in the live sound field, like we ask them what their how they got into audio, it's maybe they were a musician or they started volunteering at their church or nightclub or something like that. But for you, it's quite a bit different. So why don't you tell us first what you do, the company you work for, and then how you got started into this.
2: Well, I, uh, I do sales and product training for Orca Design and Manufacturing, which is a distributor in Southern California of Focal Car Audio, Illusion Audio, Moscone. Um, we do Black Hole Product, which is a sound control product, uh, which is home and car. And um, we do iConnects, which is interconnect speaker cable power distribution systems out of, out of Canada. And uh, I, I basically do all the product training and, uh, sales training. And I, right now I'm doing a lot of technical help with, uh, with folks. Cause, uh, you know, we're still home, you know, not as much as we were, but we're still home with the pandemic going on. Yeah. So, uh, I stay busy.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. So what got you into this whole crazy car audio world?
2: Well, um, believe it or not, uh, home audio is where it all got started. Okay. Um, I was a teenager in junior high, and uh, one of my really good friends who just recently passed away, God rest his soul, his dad, um, he bought a pair of Yamaha NS1000s, which I'm sure you guys know all about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. he bought a Monster Sansui. SQ CD4 Matrix Receiver. Now that ought to tell you how old this, how far this goes back. <laughs> okay, and he he had four NS1000s, and we sat down and he played a CD4 Matrix album of Edgar Winter's Frankenstein. Now you guys know that track. I'm pretty sure you guys know that, and it blew me away. I sat there and went, "Okay,
0: I, I'm sorry, I have to have this in my life." So was it was it quadraphonic sound at that point? Was it like all four speakers? Okay, it was
2: all four speakers, um, and it it just was amazing. You know, it wasn't about imaging and staging, but what it did, it it just was like, yeah, this is way too cool. Uh, Of course, and I had never heard the track. I had never heard the album. I never heard anything off of it. We played the whole album, and I was like, Edgar Winter's from Beaumont. You know, and I grew up in Orange, which is like 15 miles away. And so, yeah, it was just like, OK, I'm an audiophile. And it took off from there. And as far as car audio was concerned, um, my uh, my home audio dealer that I did a ton of business with uh, is, uh, was named Brock Audio Beaumont, which is, you know, Mr. Brock is no longer with us. But they ran, you know, that's where I was uh, in my late teenage years um, into my into my early 20s. I, I damn near lived there uh, while I was going to school. And they got into car audio because, you know, let's face it, in the early 80s, if you weren't doing car audio, you were stupid. Yeah. Because there was, <laughs> you know, there was so much being sold in the car audio world. And being that they were, the high-end store for Southeast Texas. You know, they sold McIntyre's. They sold Nakamichi. They sold Yamaha. You know, they, they were the Norman Ladd dealer. They were the Clips dealer. Um, they got into it. They were the first Alpine dealer in Southeast Texas. The first Nakamichi car audio dealer in Southeast Texas. And uh, they brought in ADS, which I didn't even know what the hell it was until I listened to... ADS's world-renowned 320i, you know, separates it was a 5 and a quarter in a tweeter And that system with an Akamichi amplifier and a Alpine cassette deck, that, yeah, that was it. Okay, this is going in my car.
1: Yeah. And,
2: <laughs> I, um, and, and that was it. And that's how it all got started. Uh, and it grew. And um, I will tell you the passion for this and not just because of the music you know the music always is is the driving force um george reed ran a sound off competition it was called thunder on wheels
0: okay okay
2: and i went to one and met george and got hooked um you you're, yeah it was it was a bad drug that's all it was to it <laughs> and it was a lot of fun um and it just ignited something inside of me that was like yep i'm gonna be part of this this is way cool and that's how how i got into it and it just
0: took off from there that's so cool so i've got so many questions because i'm not in this world at all but is it is it the kind of hobby where it's just like it's you're never there like there's always more gear there's always more toys there's always new stuff it's just people people who get into this they're they're kind of in it for life i presume
2: Uh, oh i mean i'm 61 this happened when i was 19 (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah it's just like high-end home audio you know wilson alexandria twos oh god bless them some of the most amazing sounding speakers i've ever heard in my life and they'll have them for three years. Then they sell them and then they'll go buy Focal Grand Utopia EMs, which are $245,000 a pair. Oh my gosh. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, the Wilsons are three
1: forty-eight. dollars oh last my, time I looked. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't know that that was even a thing.
2: Uh, it's, yeah, it's, you know, is a lot of times it's about the gear. You know, you've heard the term gearheads.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. We got those in Car Audio too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just rich guys. Instead of buying 59 Les Pauls, they're buying Surround Sound for their living rooms.
2: Oh, it's Surround Sound for the living room, uh, home theater for the house. Yeah. Um, And then they go buy an F-150, you know, King Ranch Edition, and then they have my buddy Chris paid it. Mobile Toys Incorporated put a hundred thousand dollar system in a
1: hundred thousand dollars in your car. He just he just finished
2: one last night. He he sent the pictures to me this morning. It's an amazing build. Wow, that's amazing.
0: So I notice um, in some of your accolades online, like competitions that you've won, mm-hmm. you're you're winning um, for the category of sound quality. So yes. obviously that's that's different than just loudness or what your subwoofer can put out or whatever. So talk for a minute about those categories. Like what, what does sound quality encapsulate?
2: Okay. Well, I mean, you guys understand, uh, imaging staging, depth of stage, width, height, three dimensionality, same thing in the car. Okay. Okay. Stop and think when you have a two channel system. Okay. And we have the equal distant
1: triangle. We all know mm-hmm. a lot about that, right? Yep. Can you get that in a car? Okay, so this is something I've been thinking about. Not to get too far ahead, but in my truck, if I'm sitting in the driver's seat, are you timing everything to one seat? Do you time it to the center? Yep. Okay. Yep. So that's
2: that's kind of where we are now. I will tell you, in the '90s, um, there was a, the International Auto Sound Challenge Association was established. It used to be known as Car Audio Nationals. Uh, Alpine was the leader. They they actually put this thing together. Uh, and then when IASCA was born, it was the industry. It was the 12-volt industry came together and created this because they wanted everybody in the world to understand there was more to sound than just boom. Mm-hmm. You know, Boom sold a hell of a lot, and it still does. But SQ was really hard to do. It still is. Uh, but back then, it was to pull off a two-seat tune that means the car needed to image and stage from both seats. No that's,
1: DSP. That's breaking the laws of physics a little bit.
2: Well, that's where you have to get real creative, um, which is what a lot of us did to where, you know, we would move, take the seats, move the seats back six, seven, eight inches, move the seats in four or five inches to try and get the equilateral triangle. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then, get the car to do what it's supposed to do and then, and the whole body. Yeah. And it was difficult. It's extremely difficult to pull that off. And, uh, you know, there were some of us who were willing to do whatever it took. Um, and, and I will tell you, there was, a, you know, there's a lot of great friends of mine who pulled it off. Um, uh, you know, an old friend of mine named Dale Fontenot, Dale built a, a 1993, 1989 or 1990
1: Thunderbird S you know, it was, um, yeah, the, uh, the SHO Thunderbird. Oh, he
2: literally pulled the dash out of the car and rebuilt the entire dash just to make sure that we could get the car to imaging stage. We moved the seats back, moved the seats in, um, you know, wow. You're talking obsessed. If you were going to win a world's title, this is what you had to do.
1: Yeah. Mm. So like, what's the, where I'm going with this in my brain, when you say all this is how do you learn to hear the difference, moving the seats just a little bit. And like, what are they actually going for? Like you close your eyes and you feel like you're in a recording studio and you've got near fields equal distant in front of you.
2: Uh, that's part of it. Yeah. The, but what we were after as you know, I was, I'm a judge. I'm still an I ask a judge. Okay. What, did you, what we are looking for is a representation of live music.
0: Uh. Interesting. So it really is like we we've joked like as Lee has sort of gone down this road, we've we've joked that he is considering upgrading his truck PA. Well, that really is what you're talking about. You're talking about the experience that a listener would have in a live setting through a live PA. Basically, I mean, rather than a, like a movie theater or a home theater or that kind of thing, you're, you're, you're talking about it in terms more of live music than of studio recording. Yeah, and, and not live PA.
2: I'm talking an orchestra, a quartet.
0: Okay. Okay, with no PA, just standing in front of that source. Okay.
2: What we're going to judge is timbre of instrument. Can you
1: hear the body of the guitar and that's the level we're at when we start. (laughs) Okay. So what, what about the content? Like where does that content come from? Because how that's recorded would obviously matter. Of course,
2: you know, and, um, what we're looking, what we look for is like, for instance, right now, there is a sound off that will be taking place in Dallas, Texas, um, in April, the end of April, uh, it's called long star shootout. And we, uh, the judges, uh, which I'm going to be part of, um, we are putting together a list of music on um, Apple Music that you will be able, as a competitor, you're going to be able to go there, we'll have a list, and you'll download the music. And we're going to ask you to be prepared and bring whatever player or CD or whatever you want to do to the show and be prepared because that's what we're going to ask you to do. And it will all be Apple lossless, high res digital recordings. It may even be Atmos because you know Apple Music is going to Atmos now. Yeah. And we're choosing the music based upon what it does best as far as what we're looking for in judging, such as one track will be primarily depth of stage. How far outside of the car does it? Project the image. Can and another one will be the width. Can the soundstage exceed the boundaries of the vehicle? Another one will be imaging left, left to center, center, right to center, right. That's something that we will be looking for. Now, each one of these tracks we're going to choose will highlight that particular part of the score sheet. You know, timbre. Obviously, that's a huge pain in the ass to get right. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're talking something like that, um, you know, we'll be listening to uh, somebody like Harry James playing trumpet. Uh, we'll be listening to somebody like Yo-Yo Ma playing cello. We'll be listening to even somebody uh, like Metallica to where our, is the pitch correct, you know, on the on the guitars. Yeah. If you know what you're listening for. Um, to the point, and, and we'll even get to the point to where the dynamic range of the system will be, will be t- tested. Um, we'll, be, we'll be looking at that. Uh, I don't mind telling you one of the tracks is going to be on it this year. Um, you guys ever heard Telarc's recording of Tchaikovsky's 1812 Overture with the cannon shots in it?
1: Yes. Yep. In live sound. That's one of the tracks that these big speaker manufacturers use to test in like arenas.
2: Oh, absolutely. You yeah. Know, it's uh, it's extremely difficult to pull off because when the initial crack on the cannon is when the igniter hits the power. That's 16,000 hertz at yeah. 120 dB signals to noise ratio. Then the initial report of the cannon is 16 hertz. Below 20. Stop and think about what your amplifiers, your preamp, and the cross networks you have chosen. You better have all this right because if you don't, it's going to fall flat on
0: its face. Yeah, interesting. That's so cool. This is the
2: level that you know we're at now when, when it comes to competing.
0: So, how many times in a competition do you see stuff blow up? That's my biggest question because I'm going to a show if it's going to blow up. <laughs> um, it happens
2: occasionally, uh, somebody. Does not know the gain set their gain structure upset, you know correctly. Um, we had a track last year we used. Um, it's a, a recording of the organ at the Morrison Orchestral Center in Dallas, which is yep. That's a magnificent instrument. Yeah, and Mary Preston, who is probably the foremost you know organ player, pipe organ player in the world, is this is she's just amazing we have a recording of her um and this was a reference recording that if you don't have your system dialed in it's 16 hertz 20 hertz 25 hertz 31 hertz back to 25 hertz back to 16 back to 30 back to it's just she's hitting all this low end while she's pulled you know all the stops and the upper frequencies are open and she's hitting you know 13000 15000 20000 hertz and Everything in between. It's about a minute and a half at the end of this uh, this presentation. It's unreal. And yeah, we lost people. People asked you lost subs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't have 16 hertz dialed in right, that, that level of excursion is gonna blow up some speaker. That's for sure. Oh yeah.
2: You know, and you know, if you don't have it dialed in, if you don't have the cabinet correct, if you don't have it tuned correct, if the amplifier Cannot handle that kind of dynamic swing. If it doesn't have the energy reserves and it starts clipping, it's goodbye voice call And yeah, right. You know, we tell everybody, get ready.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is serious business. Okay. So transition to more, a little bit technical. So following just what you're saying about, you know, blowing stuff up in live sound. Now in the last, really in the last about five years, this has really picked up where Speaker manufacturers are now creating the entire signal flow. So once it leaves the console, so the yeah the music, they're now making the amplifier, the DSP, the crossover, and the speaker all in one. In some companies, it's all in one box. There's an amplifier in the box. So Meyer Sound, Berkeley, California, it's all in one. Sure. Um, I'm not seeing that in car audio. It's more like because it, here's the way it feels to me, and you tell me if I'm wrong. Because of how people are having to tune individual cars, they may have a Focal in the doors, a JL in the back, Moscone Amp, and a different DSP. They're just piecing stuff together that makes their systems work. Is that accurate? Yes, that is accurate. Okay. Are we seeing manufacturers try and do an all-in-one, like here's everything, and it works best that way? Yeah,
2: I mean, but it's separate pieces. Okay. Because it has to be. Sure. Yeah, uh, you know, but but a lot of people in yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of research and development money that has to be spent if you're going to build on you know amps, processors, speakers, subwoofers. You know, and it's an all-in-one. You have to have the resources available to you to be able to do that. Yeah, there's not that many companies in the world that have. That kind of research and development department, that kind of resources, that kind of money.
1: Yeah,
2: um, you know, Focal is one, Harmon is one, yeah. JL is one, uh, Kicker is you know, and, and I'm leaving somebody out, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings because I got a lot of friends in the industry. Sure, Rockford Fosgate. Uh, yeah, Rockford. Um, but you have to have the resources to pull it off. Sure, and it's it's people. With PhD at the end of their name, yeah, they have to. They have electrical engineering PhD. You have to have acoustical engineers PhD. Mechanical engineers PhD. Those guys are not cheap. No, sure. No, so you know, there's only some companies, few companies out there that actually can build an all-in-one, like you know, from head unit all the way to subwoofer, so to speak, from the front to the back. Right. That's rare. You know, that's Alpine, Sony, Kimwood. You know, pioneer. Yeah, those are the folks. They and can do it. Interesting.
1: Yeah, those are hundreds of billions of dollar companies selling TVs and all kinds of other. Yeah, stuff. I mean, they sell everything. Yeah.
2: And so, you know, the amount of research and development money that it takes to do so. Well, I mean, for instance, um, there was a product that Focal released just a few years ago. It was called the M Profile Utopia speakers. It's they're amazing. It's incredible what these things can do. Um, they spent four years and $2 million worth of research and development to build these things. Wow. It, it's what it takes. You know, it's not something you're just going to haphazardly throw together and say, oh, I'm building a car. No, nah, not anymore. Right. You might have done that 20 years, 25 years ago. Not anymore.
0: Mm-mm. Interesting. So PA systems, you know, the the loudspeaker that you choose It's a little more neutral than it used to be. In other words, you can get a great sound from Mm -hmm. a lot of different brands. What matters more is the room itself. In other words, what I'm getting to is acoustics and the room matter just as much or more than the actual loudspeaker itself. So talk for a minute about car acoustics because I know that's a huge component of what we're talking about here. It is the component. It's not just throw a bunch of dynamat on every surface and call it good. So talk for a minute about design in terms of that, that aspect.
2: Well, the car is the single hardest environment. This is my opinion to make something sound good, you know, in the church, for instance, uh, you know, we can treat the church. We can build speakers and play speakers and we could control the dispersion patterns off of each individual driver with DSP. You guys know that. Yep. I can't do that in the car. You know, I have right. to work with what the car has given me. It's an extreme near-field environment. Exactly. It's worse than the studio ever thought about being. You know, when yeah. you're in the driver's seat, for instance, okay. And my furthest driver away from me is 31 inches. And I got a tweeter, a mid-range, and a base. The base is on the bottom of the door. I got a three-and-a-half-inch mid-range in the door, and the tweeter's up on the dash. And I got one on the left. I got one on the right. I got one in the left rear. I got one in the right rear. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't I don't know how to make sense of all that. I wouldn't. Precisely. I, no, Jeff, I'm just
1: envisioning us w- walking into an arena, 15,000 seats, and the PA company saying, Well, we got half of the, the left side of the DMB GSL, uh, flown at 25 feet. We flew the bottom six over here on the side of the bowl. We got one sub underneath (laughs) you. We
0: got a few behind the drum kit. We got speakers up here, uh, at the concession stand. Yeah, It's got to sound like a perfect stereo image in every seat. So have fun boys. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I got, I there was an example of this a few years back, um, David Gilmore came to Rice Stadium in Houston, Um, 135,000 people. The folks at Digital Theater System, (DTS) were there. I went down and talked to them, and they told me how much power, how many speakers, how much digital signal processing they had. It was like, I don't know, $27 million worth because they had something like 120 speakers just – in the state just in this state as football stadium, and, and I was floored because when Gilmore walked out and he hit a note to the, you know, at, cause he was playing completely starting to play comfortably numb. And i just was like, I'm sitting at the 40 yard line and it sounds like I'm in my house. Yeah. You know, I was floored. Yeah. I, I was like, my God, this is amazing. Now, stop and think about that sound, and I'm going to get it in a car. Yeah. It takes a lot of what I call homework. You know, you've got surfaces in the car that we have to worry about. I've got plastic. I've got carpet. I've got leather. I've got vinyl. I've got Alcantara. Those are all reflective, refractive. Or absorption.
0: And that's before you even talk about the glass.
2: We have, I, I, and, and then you got the glass. So controlling, you know, the first reflection, <laughs> good luck.
1: You're not going to. <laughs> right. That's physics. It's like Jeff says, physics is not only a good idea, it's the law.
2: <laughs> it's the law.
1: You know, so everything's a compromise.
2: You know, so yeah, yes, you have to treat the doors. Because if you're going to put a base driver in the door, you know, I can tell you every car is a disaster between 200 and 300 Hertz down to like 80 Hertz because you're putting base drivers in doors and the width of the car. The width of the car is, you're going to get a standing weight. I don't care what, you're going to get a standing weight. So if you're a processor and you better have one, if you're going to try and control this, if your processor doesn't have a notch filter or multiple notch filters to where you can go, Oh, okay. So I do the, I do the math and my, my, uh, my, you know, I got a standing wave at 235 Hertz. Well, what are you going to do? I'm going to build a notch filter. Well, what happens if you don't have the notch filter
1: Yeah.
2: Mm. or I can't go into my EQ and build, you know, Q of 40, on my EQ and change 250 hertz to 254 hertz and go minus 12 dB or minus 20. Yep. Yeah, you know, that's the kind of stuff that you have to learn to be able to manipulate the big problems in the car. Yeah. You no know, resonance, resonance and doors, resonance and dashes, resonance and panels. Uh, that's the big one is controlling the resonances. You know, but I, I will tell you that. The one thing that I have learned in the last five years is that the the OEM engineers at Bose and at Harman, they have really upped their game. When you think about, like, for instance, one of the new Cadillac Escalades has 32 channels of amplification
1: in it. Yeah.
2: And it's got stupid headphones in the headrest. I think they're like $1,500 a pair from AKG and they're projecting a sound field and it works you know for the most part yeah you know can i can we make it sound better yes absolutely do you want to spend the money that's the question yep you know the sound field is there now it can be done there's a lot of digital signal processing out there that allows us to do a lot of really cool things but it still boils down to this everything has to be predictable that's it you know whether you build something custom you know, to where you, you've seen, uh, I'm sure you guys have seen pictures in line where you see there are a lot of people taking a three and a half inch mid range and a tweeter and they're putting it
1: in the eight pillar in a custom enclosure. Yes, I'm seeing that all over the place.
2: Yeah, that is to minimize the first reflection problem.
1: Okay. As
2: it, best you possibly can. And that's the reason it's being done. And it works. It works really well. Um, and some people will do nothing but factory locations. And if you take what the factory is teaching you and you make it better, can it work? Yes, it can, but it's for one seat. And that's the key in this whole thing. If you're looking for a a high fidelity representation of your home audio, or let's just say a live event, it's gonna be a one seat because then we can control you know, the delay between each individual driver to where we can create a phantom center image, and then we can get left, left to center, center, right to center, right, and all kinds of depth and width and height. We can get that. It takes a little bit of time. It takes a little bit of ingenuity, but it can be done, and it can be done quite well, as a matter of fact. But 98% of America is not aware of it.
1: Right. Right. You know they're just not <laughs> I think you could go 99% on that
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> okay so okay where to start so now I'm thinking about my truck so my truck has tons of glass in it so uh, yeah. like a lot the whole freaking roof is is glass in the truck what truck you have it's a 2020 ford raptor okay that's easy oh okay it's easy it's not hard That's good. So I have loads of other questions, but you're grinning
0: like this is going to be easy. So this is awesome. So what makes this easier than another truck? Or what's different about this one that you say, oh, that's a no-brainer?
2: Because the Ford F-150 platform is the single easiest vehicle to make sound good because so many people have done a system in these things that sounds good. We all know what to do now.
0: Okay.
1: Now I'm real
2: happy. Yeah, but I mean, you you see people out there who are building, you know, A pillars, as we yep. call them. Yep. Where the three and a half in the tweeter or even a four in the tweeter up, you know, on the sale panel, you know, on the A pillar. Right. And we'll put a six and a half in the door, put, you know, subs underneath the back seat. You're good to go.
1: So we don't have to do anything crazy.
2: A- and I will tell you guys trucks, for, as far as I'm concerned, trucks are easier. <laughs> to make sound good yeah. than some cars because of the platform because of where the way you look at, we sit in a truck, you're sitting up. Yeah. Whereas like sitting in a car, you're sitting in the car down. Um, so when you're sitting up and you're looking almost down upon the dash and you're, you're looking at your speakers and your speakers are air level, which we all know. I mean, the tweeter and the mid range, have got to right, be your level. Right. If we're going to pull this off.
1: Yes, that's true.
2: Yeah, so if we can aim the drivers correctly to minimize first reflection, can I get this thing to image the stage properly?
1: Yes, we can. It can be done. So when you say minimize first reflection, are you're saying they need to be pointed at your ear, not anything else.
2: It, it may be pointed at your ear. It may not be because there are some speakers that are manufactured specifically for the car. You know, in home audio, we need drivers that are designed to radiate You know, non directional to a certain point. And we want that energy coming at us because, you know, we're we're talking about the equilateral triangle. There's nothing to interfere with it, quote unquote. Yeah. Well, in the car, nine times out of 10, you were installing things in factory locations, which means it's the door or it's the dash. Yeah. So you have to design speakers for those locations. Okay. So some drivers work better off-axis than they do on-axis. I see. So that's where you have to say, okay, which drivers am I using? What is the goal? What is this person going to allow me to do? How much customization work can I do in this car? Yeah. You no, know, because back in the day when, like I said, back in the 90s, I mean, we weren't, we didn't have a small three-inch driver that sounds the way they do today. We had a six and a half inch mid-base driver. Yeah. So we would, to To get the path lengths correct, you know, for the equilateral triangle, we would literally go into the kick panels of the cars and get get a plasma cutter, get a torch, get a nibble, get whatever, cut the metal out Mm. and build an enclosure down there and aim the drivers appropriately because it was the only way we could do it. Now, because the technology of the speakers is so good, you can take a three and a half inch driver. And it's four or five millimeters of X max, plays from 200 hertz to 10,000 hertz, you know, point source. Yeah. I mean, it makes it easy. It's not hard to do. That's the reason why I say, you know, trucks are easier to do because you're sitting up your eye level with your dash or your A pillars. You can put the drivers where they need to be because let's face it, that first, you know, reflection, all I like to call the first sound wave. If we get the minimum reflections, that means my phasing is way better. My timbre is going to be correct. And my timing is going to be way easier to get. And if you give me those three things, yeah. I can get that car to image and stage really, really well and have correct timbre.
0: Interesting.
1: Okay. And that's awesome. So my truck came with a center channel. It's the B&O system. So do we disconnect that and just ditch it?
2: <sighs> that's something that you are going to have to determine. Okay. Um, there's a lot of digital signal processors out there today that have what is known as a nut mixer in it. You know, um, it's how Adobe Digital, you know, and DTS have done it for years and years. All right. So Bose and uh, Harmon do that a lot. And that's because they're trying to get, you know, two seat tune. Okay. Okay. If you're trying just to get a really good one seat tune. That center channel is not a necessity. Um, I will tell you, and this is blowing Moscone's horn, and I don't mind telling you I'm going to. Recently, they, uh, the folks at Moscone and Gladen, they released a brand new uh, graphic user interface that has what is known as the cross-mix function in it. And it's amazing technology. What they're doing is, back in the 80s, To get a fan and center image from both seats, there were ant manufacturers who would suggest that we do what is known as mixed mono. Yeah. Where you take the left hand and the right hand common signal, send it to the center channel.
1: We're very familiar.
2: They wrote an algorithm that allows you to do this in the digital domain. So if you want to use the center channel, you can. But it doesn't sound like what it did back then because back then it was disjointed and I hated it. You, know, you could hear it, yeah, but you lost depth, width, you lost a lot of ambience, you lost a lot of the musical characteristics. This thing doesn't. You can fire the center channel up and you dial in how much left information or how much right information you want or left minus right or right minus left going into the center. You can do that, which is really cool because that keeps everything phased correctly. Right. They also have uh, a algorithm for the rear channels, in which the rear channels um, they are out of phase a certain degree, and, and off the top of my head, I don't remember how much. But what happens is the width of the car is extended, like you would not believe, the, hmm. and the depth of the car is amazing when you bring the rear channels in. I see. Um, it's really something. I mean, we demonstrated it just a couple of weeks, weeks ago at a show in Phoenix. And uh, everybody that got Ford Bronco was floored by how good the sound was. Um, so, yeah, I, and it, if you want to, sure. Uh, is it a necessity? No. Okay. You know, because we can get a Phantom Center image and it can be like, wow, that's really cool.
1: Yeah. Well, just at a high level, what I'd like to personally have is I want my seat to sound good. I'm not that concerned about the other seat and cause anybody, another audiophile that I would want to show, we'd probably be parked and I would just say, yeah, just hop in, you know? Hop in. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I don't want to win a sound competition, not interested okay. in that. I want it to sound yeah. really good, really good quality that you referenced this range earlier, that 80 to 300 range. That's yep. probably what I think is most important, to be honest. And then really good top end, like 8K and up. You know, when, when those two things are right in a PA system or in headphones or in-ears, it yep. makes all the difference to me when there's a smooth, low-mid. And then yep. the subs, I'm not trying to let the whole neighborhood know I'm coming, but I'd like to feel the kick drum in my chest. So like or somewhere in the middle.
2: That's, that's not that hard to achieve, getting it smooth with proper energy from 300 to 80 that's a different story yeah for me that is the foundation of any great car audio system because it is the hardest thing to get correct yeah because you're dealing with thin sheet metal that's designed to get better gas mileage for the cars It was not designed for us to be audio file grade sound systems, you know? So that's when you have to understand that, like, okay, my foundation work has to happen. If I'm going to get the foundation for me, which is 80 to 300, I got to do my foundation work. It's just like building a house. Okay. If I don't build the right slab, the right concrete, the right foundation, if I don't have the right mixing concrete, if I don't have the right amount of rebar in the, you know, in the, in the forms for the slab to be poured. Yep. It's a moot point. Don't do it. Yep. And it's the same thing here because you've got to treat, treat your doors correctly. You've got to soundproof the car as much as you can. Okay. And then you've got to build the right baffles to attach the drivers to, to make this work. Okay. And then you're still going to have a problem. Sure. But and then you have to have, the right DSP with the right amount of power or flexibility as a lot of people call it to be able to tune some of your problems out. Once you get that the rest of this is really easy. It's not that hard.
1: Got it. Okay. So just off of what you know right now, and this may be maybe not the right type of conversation. Maybe there's more work to it, but would you just rattle off like products like what, what do you think we should put in it? Well, there's a question. And and this
2: is now me being the salesperson
1: budget. <laughs> How good do you want it to be? I want it to be really good, but I don't necessarily need it to be that good. <laughs> I know that's like, well, what does that mean? Um, I don't know, Nick. I think, I want to feel impressed by it, but I'm not necessarily trying to have you put pictures in of this on your website. Like it doesn't have to be that good. That's install. Okay. Okay.
2: No, that's it. No, there's a difference between having a tremendous install that sounds amazing and having a good, solid foundation install that can sound amazing. Yeah. You've got showpieces and show vehicle type installs Yeah, and you've got the foundation install. There's, there's two different ways. That's going to cost you about the same. Okay. Because it's the same amount of work. Yeah. It really sure. truly is. You know, it depends if you want it to be a stealth install to where nobody knows what the hell's in your car or you want a three and a half inch reader in the A pillar, you want to get the image the way you, you would like for it to be. Then, you know, do you wrap it in, um, matching vinyl, matching leather, or matching Alcantara. Right. Or, you know, I mean, I can go on.
1: Sure. I'm not necessarily wanting it to have that super custom look. Yeah. Like, I, I've seen the pictures of the A-pillars, because right now it's just, what size is in there now? One and a half inch or two inch something?
2: It, it's a, it's called a two and a half inch Midler, is what we call it.
1: Yeah, and you can't tell it's there. It's a little vented plate over it. I've seen yep. the custom, like, you know, backlit custom fabric and all that. Like, I'm not super interested in that unless you're like, it will make the biggest difference if you move those up there.
2: Well, if you want the car to be a representation of, of what you guys do for a living. Yeah. My personal opinion was you're going to need to do the three and the tree and the eight. Okay.
1: Okay.
2: And with, you're telling me how important 80 Hertz to 300 Hertz is. Yep. This is where I'm going to tell you, you need an eight inch driver
1: in your door. Okay. Cause right now it's a six.
2: Yep. I know. Yeah. You've got a six by nine in your door. Yep. I know exactly what's in there. Okay. Yep. So you need, we, you know, there's a, there's a, I work for Orca. I know our products. I know a lot of other people's products out there. Sure. I know what, um, there's a couple of eight inch drivers that we have access to at Orca. One is the AWM from Focal. My own personal opinion is, I think it's the best mid bass driver that has ever been built, period, and a sense, in car audio. There's a couple things in home audio. Yeah, there's a couple of things, but they're stupid expensive. Sure. And, is it, and this is not an inexpensive driver by any stretch of the imagination. But you're looking at an 8-inch driver that plays from 45 hertz to, to 5,000 hertz linear.
1: Oh, cool. So it keeps the vocal on the paper as long as possible. So that's something that's a big deal in live sound. We like that too. Exactly. And it
2: has everything to do with the dispersion patterns. Uh, It's non-directional from 45 to 5,000. So that means it's going to be way easy to make that mid bass driver with a three and a half inch mid range, or even just a
1: tweeter. Yep. You know, so, so off axis, it's going to sound like it does on axis. Exactly. Yeah.
2: And that's the beauty of the, of the, the way the speaker was designed. Um, Yeah. If, 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 and, but again, if if that is not in the budget, not inexpensive, I can tell you that three-way kit is about $6,000 retail. Frick. Okay. Yeah. You get what you pay for. There's an old adage, and it's the God's honest truth.
1: Yeah. Um, it's six grand just for the, the pair of eights. Than, and the threes and twos in A pillar? Yep. That's a that's lot. It's about six
2: grand, 50, 55, something like that. Um, now, you can go a step down. You're going to get about 80% of the performance for about 50% of the price. Okay. And that's Illusion Audio. Okay. And so uh, this is a, a product that we at Orca Design designed and have manufactured for us. Um, My boss, Kimon Bellis, has been in this industry for (laughs) forty some odd years. He'll kill me uh, (laughs) if I start talking like that. Uh, He's an old friend of mine. And he is an amazing engineer. And his talent is ridiculous. And we have our chief engineer, Alan Hosefus. Alan is, and Alan's going to see this and I'm going to embarrass Alan. Alan is a genius. I love him to death. He is one of my closest friends in this world, but I have yet to meet anybody that understands how to build a speaker the way Alan is. That's awesome. To make it work and to make it sound good. Well, they designed this line of speakers. This is their baby. Okay. It's amazing. For the money, I think it's one of the best sounding things I've ever heard in car audio. Okay, I won. And I'm going to toot my horn, but it's tooting the product's horn. I won a invitational sound off a few years ago, um, utilizing Illusion Audio mid ranges and subwoofers in my car, in my truck, in factory locations, and I beat people with custom dashes in their cars.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm liking the way this sounds for my '05 Tacoma more and more as we speak. <laughs>
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There is a coincident driver. You guys know what coincident drivers are, right?
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: We build a three and a half inch coincident driver that plays from basically 250 hertz to 20,000 hertz. Okay. It uses a 14 millimeter tweeter and a three and a half inch mid range. It has four millimeters of X max and 70 watts per channel continuous without a problem. So stop and think about. A point source from 20K to 250K.
1: That's a lot of control.
2: Yep. So you can put it in the eight pillar, you can put it in the factory location, put the, the carbon eight, which is an eight inch driver that basically plays from about 60, 55 hertz out to about 1,000, 2000 hertz linear. Yep. Yeah. So what I do with situations like that, I'll take that speaker, I'll play the C3CX, that's what it's called, to 350 hertz, and I'll have the 8 takeover, and I'll have it from 350 to 80, then I have the sub takeover from 80 and down. Yep. And it's amazing what it sounds like.
1: Those crossover ranges are very similar to what we do. So 80 and down, up to around 1K, 1.5, 2K sometimes, and then up. Yep.
2: Well, you guys know as well as I do. It's it's about you know the length of the wave to, to the quarter wave that we're gonna to have to hear. If you have a three and a half that can play to three hundred hertz or you know, three hundred and fifty hertz, that's where you want to go. Okay. That's where you want to go. It's kind of a sweet spot, it's like magic. Um can can you do it lower with some drivers? Yes, you can play it lower. But in modern terms, in modern day music quote-unquote music. (laughs) Uh, You guys know as well as I do, a lot of the lower end, from 200 hertz, 300 hertz and down, it's freaking sine waves. Okay? It's not an instrument. Um, Voice calls on speakers do not like sine waves. That's test equipment. That's what it's for. Yeah. There are people who are taking those test tones and they're trying to make low out of it and the voice calls don't like it and they will burn up in a heartbeat. So, you know, for those folks who listen to rap and hip hop and techno, God bless them. Yeah. It's not my cup of tea, but you know, can it be designed to handle that? Yes, absolutely. It's all about crossover and power handling of the drivers at certain frequencies.
1: That's great. So how about subwoofers? You know, the back of the truck, the back wall, there's no room. So you see all these shallow cabinets, but I also like to use my back cab for cargo occasionally. Okay. Uh, put the enclosure underneath the back seat. Okay. And something you can just pull in and out for going camping or something. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You can, if you want to. Sure. Okay. Um,
1: you know, there's uh, again, we're going to,
2: I'm going to toot somebody's horn. MTI acoustics builds enclosures, you know, for us. Um, at Orca, out. I've America. seen
1: them online a bunch. They seem to be taking over the internet with their stuff. And they're in Houston, aren't they? Or, they're somewhere in Texas. They're in College
2: Station, Texas, home okay. of Texas A&M University. Gig'em. them. <laughs> um, you know, we have them in stock at Orca. Okay. Uh, so if you want one, we can get you
1: one. Yeah, that's easy. You just let me know what subs you want, and yep. that enclosure's there. What size sub and what model do you think we should do? What do you listen to? Literally everything. Anything from...
2: No, what's what's your radio station on right now in your truck?
1: Right now it's on country.
2: Okay, well, there it is. So you're primarily one of the folks that likes to listen to real music. (laughs)
1: Like Chris Stapleton.
2: Okay, so uh, um, if we're trying to recreate the live performance of like Stapleton does, um, then you're going to need a fairly broad range subwoofer that has a Q of like somewhere between 0.7 and 0.5. Um, that's going to be um, a, you probably be, it would be easier to do tens okay underneath your back seat. Um, Again, Illusion Audio builds a ten-inch shallow-mount subwoofer that will fit that bridge really well. Um, it's called a Carbon Ten. It needs point six point seven cubic feet sealed per. Um, get almost two cubic feet underneath the back seat of your truck if you do a half a one-inch lift underneath your back seat. Yeah, just and it's a real easy thing. It's take a one-inch spacer. And put it underneath each individual bolt. Yeah. You know, on the seat, just put it on top of the bolt, put the seat back on it, tighten it back down with the, the bolts that come with it, you're good to go.
1: Okay. Yeah, I've seen a I, lot of guys. I did, did it in
2: my Chevy truck. It's easy. It's not hard. Um, and just get one of these enclosures. Okay. And uh
1: sounds amazing. Nice. And w- that type of sub, if I'm not on country music, it's probably on some like hard rock stuff, maybe Metallica. Good. Yeah. Okay.
2: I mean, if you're going to listen to Slipknot, um, you know, or Seether or, you know, somebody like that. Yeah. Cause they're extremely linear. They'll give you the tight kick drum that you're looking for that, that kick in the chest that yep. couples with the mid driver.
1: Yeah. yeah, yep. Absolutely. Okay. And then amps and DSP. Um, I am a huge fan of class AB. Um,
2: and this is where I will tell you that Moscone uh, right now with the pro series of amplifiers, um, dollar for dollar, I think it's one of the best amplifiers in 12 volt. Okay. Is there better out there? Yeah. You want to spend $10,000 for the amp? Nope. Sure. <laughs> I'll be the first person to tell you yes. Um, But dollar for dollar. And again, I I will tell you, I will put these things up against anything anybody builds.
1: In car audio. They're amazing. Okay, awesome. What series? Say that again. It's called the Pro Series. Pro Series. Okay. Moscone Pro. I'm taking notes. And then those have DSP built in. Uh no. You're gonna need for what you're telling me. I would use a separate DSP
2: processor because of number one, they sound better.
1: Okay. Two, they sound better. Uh, three, it sounded <laughs> that's always a good reason. I love it. <laughs> yeah. What do you recommend?
2: Uh H12 Aerospace from Muscone.
1: Okay. You've got, you've got
2: two digital inputs. You've got a 75 ohm coax. Or you can also use um, you know, fiber optic input if you need to. It has eight analog input, it has 12 analog output. Oh, nice. Um, it has a direct, it has the ability to where you use a lot of Bluetooth.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. You using high res Bluetooth? Uh, Nope. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, well we have to have a conversation. <laughs> well, okay.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, there is uh, a company out there called Qualcomm that has built uh, what is known as APTX HD it is a higher resolution. It's it's a higher resolution form of Bluetooth that will stream. If I remember correctly, 24 bit, 48 kilohertz. Okay. Okay. Sony also has one that's called LDAC, L-D-A-C. Sony's LDAC will stream 2496. Okay. Yeah, now it takes a butt load of power on your phone to do it. Yeah. Okay. You got an you have an Android or you got an iPhone?
1: I have the new whatever iPhone Pro Max blah blah blah. Um if you want to stream that off of your phone, I believe the iPhone
2: is 2448. Okay. And there's a if you go online and you want to see how to open up your iPhone to do high resolution music, it'll show you how to do it. Mm. There's a set I didn't know. I was like, oh, well, if you want to use, like, if you use Apple Music and you want to hear everything that your lossless files and, you know, the spatial audio that now Apple's using. Yeah. But there's a section to where you can turn all the high res on as far as Bluetooth output is concerned. Okay. You never do it. Moscone builds a a box that's about half the size of a box of cigarettes. It's called an advanced multi-channel audio streaming. It's called AMAS, AMAS LD4C. And you can literally take a digital output off of it, go straight digital into the processor, and it'll stream 2496 to it if you want to. And you get high-res files directly into it. That's great.
1: Okay. That's cool. Yeah. It's way cool. That's great. And then I also hear, because of my truck, I need some type of adapter to keep all the door dings and bells and whistles going
2: um there's a couple of them out there if they're available okay because parts are hard to come by yeah you have to make phone calls to either nav tv or to a company called pack p-a-c Yeah, P-A-C. just tell them what your your raptor is and if they've got the interface for it they'll let you know where to get it
1: okay awesome are we missing anything else? We, I feel like we got pretty far down the road here. Oh, well, acoustics, Like, what what are we going to do in the doors? This is where um, you're going to need
2: to uh, get with your installer. Where okay. You decide. And I, I will recommend one of my Orca dealers because it will give you access to some product that we developed specifically for the door. Yep that comes from home audio. Great. Um, We've got a product called Black Hole Five. It's a five layer sound control material, and it goes inside home cabinets. Um, I cannot tell you who uses it in home audio because we had to sign an NDA. Sure. I've got five high-end home audio manufacturers who build speakers to $348,000 a pair. That uses this material. <laughs> wow. That's wild. Um, it's five layers. Uh, there's a self-adhesive on the back of it. You peel it and stick it to whatever the heck you want. You got to make sure that the, that whatever it's stuck to is clean and it's pressure sensitive adhesive. Okay. Okay. So you, you have to push it down on it really hard. But once it's there, it's there because it's got a couple to whatever it wants to, because it's got to control it.
1: Yeah. The
2: first two layers control the resonance of the door okay yeah or the panel or the box or whatever it's on the next three layers absorb and dissipate the energy of the back wave of the driver okay it's way cool we build that for home audio. we also build it for the car it's called black hole tile they're they're small squares and what the, what we do is you put as many of them in the door as you can with about an inch space between them and you checkerboard them in there.
0: Okay, that's interesting.
2: And what it does is um, it adds mass, obviously, uh, but it also absorbs the back wave off the speaker because stop and think about the energy that that mid-base driver is producing in the car. Yep. It's also going in that door.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Every time it goes forward, it goes backwards.
2: It's right. You know, it's pulse width modulation, how the amp works. Yep. So all of that energy is stuck in the door. Yeah. We got to get rid of it or dissipate it as much as we can. And this, and this material does. Okay. And then of course you, you get is whatever you can get your hands on to take care of the door because the door panel itself is built out of plastic, which is a disaster yeah. when it comes to audio. I mean, you, you've got to deaden that door. You've got to deaden the metal. I mean, I, that's what I call the foundation work. You've got to do this.
1: Okay. Okay. Now that's no problem. I, I get as excited about the acoustics as I do putting subs under the seat, so that's great. Yep. And then just keep my sunroof closed, <laughs>
2: right? Yeah. Yeah. Because if you do, if you don't, we're gonna have to retune the car.
1: Right. Yep. Yeah. I guess I'll have to have two settings shade open, shade closed, something like that.
2: Um, one of the things, there's a there's a little thing I've learned. Um, you got one of the power sliding windows on the back of the truck? Yeah. Open it a quarter of an inch.
1: Oh, oh and then you basically create a giant base cabinet? Hmm. I like it. You want
2: some bottom in? Yeah. Just open it up a quarter of an inch, the wave will form, and away you go. 20 hertz is easy now. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. I <laughs> oh, so love funny.
0: it. That's funny. Well, man, this has been fascinating for me because I'm definitely a newbie in this space. But I I had no idea. I mean, you know, you go down a you go down a rabbit hole with any sort of niche in the industry and you can get as deep Absolutely. as you want. But this is deeper than sleep in a lot of ways. So I'm I'm excited to continue walking down this road. And Lee, I can't wait to get updates on the project as it happens because I think it's going to be awesome.
1: Nick, what I, what I think I'm going to do, if you can help me find a dealer, we can do this install. And then sure. we'll start working on this design. And I'd love to just keep you in the loop, send it to you on email, let you look at it and talk acoustics. Yeah. And then we're going to film the whole project. And then maybe we do this again after it's all done.
2: Uh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Awesome. Well, Nick, thanks so much for doing this. And always a lot of fun talking music there's now thousands of audio guys listening to this that are probably very interested in upgrading their, their car PAs now. So
0: this has been awesome. (laughs) I love it. Well, thanks for being here, Nick. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. I'm sure. Not a problem.
2: Anytime guys. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good weekend. You too, sir. Y'all take care.
0: Okay. Well, that was awesome. I hope that you guys learned a lot. And you know, as you start doing your research, just know that, In order to do it right, it's going to cost you some bucks. But for all the reasons that Nick talked about, I think it's worth it. You know, and you can go, you don't have to spend 20 grand. You don't have to spend a hundred grand. You could spend. No, you could spend a couple thousand. Yeah. You're going to need to spend a couple thousand to do it right. Especially when it comes to, you know, acoustics and DSP and all the stuff that you don't really think about. It's not just speakers. There's other components that matter. Yeah, and the install matters too. So it does. I think uh, everyone's about to feel the effects of like
1: when they go to their board or their senior pastor asking for a big upgrade, <laughs> and we say, right. "Oh, it's this new PA for our church is going to be two hundred fifty thousand dollars." And yeah. it's like, well, if we want to do it right, that's what we got to do. Well, when it's your own car and it's your money, it's
0: like, well, I yeah. I, I, and if your if your house is like mine and your wife is your executive pastor, <laughs> this is going to be a harder sell than anything you've ever talked about. So yeah, save your pennies, boys. Right. Because my wife would be like, all for the Joe Rogan podcast? Like, really? <laughs> no, the MXU podcast. That's
1: true. <laughs> MXU
0: podcast. So before we let everybody go today, I just want to talk about assignments just for a second. Yep. So if you're an MXU team subscriber... You know, we've had a lot of people who've tried out the assignments feature, which is our newest thing that we're most excited about. So we did this at my church. So I'm doing a training with some of our audio volunteers on April 4th. It's a Monday night. We're bringing everybody in. if you work in the main service, students, other events, a couple other campuses, we're going to do a training around just some best practices to try to get some more consistency in the results that our audio volunteers are getting so i worked with the lead production person at our church and we created a playlist of videos that we want everybody to watch before the training so we sent out an assignment to the whole team and now we're able to track everybody's progress over the next couple weeks to see who's watched what how far they've gotten and a couple of the guys on the team have been kind of jabbing each other going hey, you're falling behind, I'm ahead of you. It's almost like a game now nice. where people are kind of in it with each other. So it's it's a whole new level of engagement for MXU team and I'm so excited about it. Dude, that's awesome. I didn't even know that. You surprised me with that. Well, it's new. It just happened a couple of days ago. So the great thing for me as the person doing the training is that we, we were able to kind of preload everybody's knowledge base. So we're all starting now from a common... You know, baseline. Yeah, yeah. So if somebody was less knowledgeable about gain structure, they'll walk into the training now having some idea about why you would use consistent gain throughout your console file. So little things like that, it's like everybody is going to be kind of a level up from where they would have been as a beginner. And they're getting closer, at least in some of the terminology and some of the explanation of things, so that we can start with a better. Kind of jumping off point for our training on specifics for our system and console that's awesome
1: well we're also a few weeks away from announcing our plans for live events for the year so the mxu tour details are forming quickly and they involve uh some international stuff so we will keep you
0: posted cannot wait and you know one more day and this, this is gonna be a, it's like house divided here, like MXU oh my podcast gosh. divided. Yes. Because Michigan and Tennessee both won their first round games in the March Madness tournament. The problem is, this episode will come out- After. After the result of the Michigan-Tennessee game, which is on Saturday. So, yeah. if Michigan wins, everybody just know, yours truly is gonna be dancing around. If Michigan loses and Tennessee wins, then Lee and Spencer and Josh, everybody else on their team, whatever, <laughs> Knoxville, okay. You guys are going to be basically ribbing me all weekend. So um, get ready to celebrate or cry in your beer with us, depending on what happens. We'll take it easy on
1: you, you know. Okay, I appreciate it. At least you have a degree from there, and all of us
0: are just, <laughs> you know, well, I grew up there, but I didn't even go there. That's true. And hey, at least. Kentucky proved that they, in fact, aren't a number two seed. Tennessee should have been the two. Yeah, we, you can make an argument that we are a one seed, but
1: yeah, uh, that's well, a stretch. I get it. We had seven. We'll losses, see what ha- so. we'll see what happens after Saturday yeah. to that argument. I, I think Auburn's going down round two. Tennessee goes to three, and then is is out at, ahead of every two seed is my prediction.
0: Okay. Well, Kentucky as a number two has already gotten out. So yep. Congratulations to St. Peter's, who nobody's oh ever gosh. heard of. Yeah. And now all those Wildcat fans are just crying. Crying. The internet has exploded with Kentucky's woes. All right,
1: my friend. I'm going to run to my daughter's school and see her colonial presentation.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. A little final project
1: before spring break or yeah. something. Yeah, So all the parents come in and they do these like 10-minute presentations on whatever era the kids were researching, and hers is the colonial period.
0: Nice. Yeah. So, so my my daughter today uh, has the day off from school because it's kind of a teacher work day before spring break ah, next week. Nice. And so she comes this morning and says, hey, Dad, can I take your truck today? I'm taking some girlfriends to lunch. <laughs> and I'm like, um, what? Yeah. Who is this woman walking around my house, and (laughs) why is she taking my car keys? So, your your family is not far behind. Let me just tell you. No, we're not. It's a huge, huge bread of passage. Well, I'll have a 13 year old boy tomorrow. Happy birthday, Dakota. Yeah. So fun weekend ahead. All right. Well, you guys have a great weekend. All right. See you later. Take care, everybody.